Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining us today. And today I'm going to be talking about the subject of why do we suffer? It doesn't seem fair, does it? I mean, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You have a life that is radically changed by the power of the gospel. And then it seems instead of things getting better, they get worse. Well, I want to explain to you why we suffer. You know that Christians are the most persecuted religious group worldwide. This blew my mind. On average, 180 Christians around the world are killed each month for their faith. According to the United States Department of State, there are more than 60 countries in which Christians face persecution. I counted up 66. One of the worst countries for worldwide persecution of Christians is North Korea. You know, when you look at what is happening there, it is unbelievable. North Korea is divided in South Korea. Here's the irony. In North Korea, probably the most persecuted country in the world, South Korea is probably the most prosperous Christian faith group in the world. They are passing out Bibles, and South Korea is actually sending out more missionaries than the United States is. Unbelievable. When we look at the foundation of the church, Acts chapter 4, there were five major persecutions of the church within its first decade. Five major persecutions break out. Unbelievable. We could talk about all these persecutions, and there's a time for that. But today, I want to talk about two things. Number one, why do we get persecuted? But before that, I want to talk about forms of persecution. How does this happen? And then why does it happen? We look at this subject of, should we expect persecution? Well, yes, we should. Paul says, 2nd Timothy chapter 3, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, it doesn't say might, but it says will be persecuted. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Indeed, all who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, you got to expect it, okay? Don't take it as, man, I can't believe this has happened to me. All Christians suffer. Either you have, you are, or you will. In Acts chapter 14, it says that the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and they won over a crowd. They stoned Paul, dragged him outside the city, thinking that he was dead. Well, that old Paul wasn't dead. The disciples gathered around him. They got him up. And what does he do? He goes back into the city. And I don't know that I'd do that, but that's what Paul did. And the next day, he and Barnabas, they left for Derby. They preached the gospel in that city. They won a large number of the disciples. And then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. And it says that they strengthened the disciples. They encouraged them to remain true to the faith. And he said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And they sent Paul and Barnabas, they appointed leaders and elders within the church, and they went off and they began their missionary journeys. Unbelievable when you think about it. So we should expect persecution, and we look at persecution, many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because the enemy 
will do anything he can to discourage us, anything he can to attempt to stop the gospel from being spread. But our God has a way of taking the bad and turning it into good. Jesus says, listen, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world will love his own. The reason the world hates us is because we're no longer part of them. I guess you could say we switched teams and the enemy got ticked off about it. But Paul reminds us, Romans 8, 18, he says, I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So where should we expect persecution to come from? That's a good question, right? If we're going to be persecuted, where should we expect it to come from? Well, Paul tells us that we are hard-pressed on every side. So we can expect it to come from all different angles. As you're listening to me today, some of you right now are going through marriage persecution. Some of you are going through financial persecution. Some of you are facing emotional persecution. Some of you are facing persecution for your faith in Christ. You're hard-pressed on every side. But Paul says we're not crushed. We are perplexed. We don't understand exactly why it is happening. We're not in despair. We are persecuted. I love this, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be also revealed in our mortal body. So death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Now, in these very few verses, Paul lists several types of suffering. There's mental, there's physical, there's emotional, there's spiritual. But George Mueller, that prayer warrior of yesteryear, who built orphanages without asking for one dime of support, he always prayed whatever he needed in. George Mueller says the only way to learn strong faith is to endure great trials. Oh, if you want strong faith, if you want strong faith, the only way to have strong faith is going through trials. Well, let's look at the reason for suffering in the life of the Christian. You know, suffering is a great revelator. It reveals a whole lot in our lives. Number one, suffering reveals the sincerity of my faith. Paul says, they have come, that suffering has come, so that your faith may be proven. Paul says in Hebrews chapter 10, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with the pure water. When we think about the sincerity of our faith, suppose those who stand for biblical convictions, suppose they stand and it doesn't calm down, the pressure doesn't calm down. They don't go along to get along. They don't simply accept what society dictates. Their faith is not a passive faith. It's not a sit-around, do-nothing faith. Those who suffer for righteousness 
have the sincerity of their faith tested. And the leader of the church there is, is there to support them, and they're going through a time of great stress. You know, we keep moving on. Dale Carnegie said, inaction breeds doubt and faith. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Go out and get busy. You see, the sincerity of our faith is proven. So if you've got the pressure coming on you right now, I know everything in you screams that I've got to stop and I've got to go hibernate. I've got to hide somewhere. Oh, don't do that. Continue on. Inaction breeds doubt and fear, but action breeds confidence and courage. Keep moving on ahead. That is a sign that your faith is sincere. You see, pressure and persecution not only reveals the sincerity of my faith, but it also reveals the strength of my faith. Look at verse number eight. Of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You see, the value of our faith, it's greater than gold. It's stronger than the American dollar. It's stronger than the world's economy. Don't fear pressure being placed upon your faith. Pressure is good for your faith. James says that you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So don't fear the judgment of men. Jesus says, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body but can't kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, I don't know about you, but I fear the disapproval of God much more than the disapproval of man. When the pressure comes on, it reveals the strength of my faith. You know, I used to sell electrical supplies, and I used to sell cable ties. These cable ties had what is called a tensile strength. In other words, certain cable ties could withhold more weight than others. Now, how do we know they could hold them? I would test them. If I had a cable tie that says it can handle 10 pounds, I'd put 10 pounds on there. And I found out that the tensile strength is even a little bit greater than what they rated. They say they can handle 10 pounds, but they could oftentimes handle 15 or 20 pounds. The strength was tested. And by testing it, I could see the worth of those cable ties. Here's the third reason, or the third revelation that comes when we're under pressure. Not only does it reveal to us the whole concept of the sincerity of my faith, it also reveals the strength of my faith. But Paul tells us in verse number eight, it is also the source of my faith. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you're filled with a joy that is inexpressible. It's a glorious joy. You see, when I'm going through the pressures of life, that is a revelation of the source of my faith. Peter put it this way. He says, through him, that's talking about Jesus, through Jesus you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that your faith and your hope are in God. Tony Evans gives a wonderful illustration to drive home this point. He calls it a long hangover. What Jesus did 
2,000 years ago hasn't ended. His blood keeps on cleansing us from our sins. Jesus' blood is like an eternal hangover. When a person has a hangover, they are not drinking. They are still feeling the effects of the drink. Jesus is not still hanging on the cross, but the blood that he shed is so powerful that the hangover has lasted for over 2,000 years. D.L. Moody says, Faith takes God without any ifs. Where is your source of faith? If your source of faith is in Christ, when the pressures come, you have that long hangover that is given to us through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, and we can keep on hanging on even when the pressures are coming against us. Well, there's a fourth revelation that we discover in suffering. Suffering reveals the salvation of my soul. Look at verse number nine. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Our great salvation. Paul says in Romans chapter six, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap is holiness. And that is a result of everlasting life. Oh, can I speak to you a few minutes about this great salvation? Paul says this salvation is so great that it was spoken of by the prophets who were led by the Spirit. Paul says concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was given to them, to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing. As a matter of fact, this salvation is so great that there's no escape for those who neglect salvation. Paul says to the Hebrew believers, how are you going to escape? If you neglect a great salvation, of which first began to be spoken of by the Lord, and then it was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness with the signs and the wonders and the various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his will. God has given us his great salvation. A.W. Tozer said, to be right with God often means that we're going to be in trouble with men. Not everybody is happy about this salvation. Not everybody wants to receive this salvation. Our great salvation offers no hope for those who reject it. The hope is in those who receive it. This salvation is so great that the prophets searched for it with great diligence. You see, it's too important to get it wrong. In Genesis chapter 12, we read that God blesses those who bless him and bless his people. I want you to know that salvation is so powerful that God protects us and God gives us the opportunity to be having that security when we're in Christ. You know, our salvation is so great that we are secured by a suffering Savior. In verse number 11, it says, try to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing them when he predicted the suffering of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. Paul is looking back to an Old Testament passage, talking about Isaiah, talking about Zechariah, 
Zacharias says, many nations will join themselves in the Lord that day, and they too will be my people, and I will live among them. And you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me to you. Paul is reminding us that there is a great suffering of our Savior that is the one that brings about our salvation. And when we understand that, we have that security that our God, our Father, our Abba, will keep us safe. One day, a large jetliner was taking passengers to their destination. When they went through some terrible turbulence, the plane went up and then it went down, shaking and quickly losing altitude. Everyone on that plane was hollering and and screaming, except for one little girl. She sat directly behind the cockpit. When everything turned to normal, the lady sitting next to that little girl leaned over and said, Man, I am so impressed by your calmness. Everyone else on this plane was really upset, but you sat there as if everything was all right. Why are you so calm? The little girl replied, I wasn't afraid because my daddy's flying his plane and he promised me we would make it home safely. I don't know what you're going through right now. You may be going through some turbulence in your life. You may have lost a lot of altitude. Your whole life may be shaking and you may be hollering and screaming. But I want you to know that if you belong to the Lord, you are secure. I want you to know that our salvation is so great that it is displayed and it is shown by serving others. It was revealed to them, verse number 12, that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that had been told of them. You know, a self-serving Christian is actually a contradiction of terms. The church is not meant to be loosely bound together as an association of functional lone rangers. Paul conforms and he confronts that kind of thinking when he writes, bear with one another burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You see, this message of Christ is so powerful, this message of salvation that is sent from heaven, and it's beyond angelic comprehension. Verse number 12 says, But those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, even the angels long to look into these things. Now, maybe you're going through a hard time right now, and you're wondering, how am I going to see it through? How am I going to make it through the other side? Oh, I want you to know that the Lord is with you. When you're passing through your own fiery trial, you can find that God is true in what he says. You have real hope and real help in him. You have firsthand experience of both his sustaining grace and his purposeful design. He has kept you through the pain. He has reshaped you more into his image. That's why we go through times of suffering. What you're experiencing right now, it is from God. You can give away an increasing measure of comfort to others because God has comforted you in your times of suffering, in your times of pain.
Paul says that our light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Corey Tin Boone says, Faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. That's what faith can do. I want you to cry out unto the Lord. And I want you to know that He will set you free. Well, maybe you're going through a difficult time in your life and and you need some extra help in your life. Well, I want to give you something that I think will really help you. And I want to offer you something that I think will really help you. And that is, I want to encourage you. If you've got a hurt or a habit or a hang up that you can't get past, why don't you consider joining us for Celebrate Recovery at Hickory Ridge Community Church? Every Sunday night at 5.30, we have a meal together. At 6 o'clock, the program actually begins. Now, last year, Christmas fell on a Sunday. You know that we had church on Christmas Day, and we had Celebrate Recovery on Christmas night. We try to never cancel Celebrate Recovery. Every single Sunday night at Hickory Ridge Community Church, we are determined to have Celebrate Recovery. We know that everybody can't make it every week, but we try to have Celebrate Recovery every single week because hurts, habits, and hang-ups don't take a vacation. So if you need some help, why don't you come to Celebrate Recovery? It's not just a ministry for drug addicts and alcoholics. 70% of the people that attend Celebrate Recovery don't have a hang-up with drugs or alcohol. They have a hurt. They have a habit. And they're having a hard time navigating through that. Celebrate Recovery is based upon the eight principles based upon the Beatitudes of Christ. I want to share with you the steps of recovery and hoping that this will whet your appetite and that you'll consider coming and joining us for Celebrate Recovery Sunday night at 6 o'clock at Hickory Ridge Community Church. You know, if you're going to overcome any bad habit, any hang-up in your life, first you've got to get beyond denial. You've got to admit that there's a problem in your life, and your life has become unmanageable. Whenever we live in denial, those secrets make us sick. We never get past that hurt. When we finally acknowledge that we have the hurt, that's when the healing can begin. That's step number one. Step number two is realize that you are powerless. Powerless to overcome those bad habits. They have ruined your life. You're stuck in a rut. You need somebody bigger than you are to get yourself out of the mess that you find yourself in. That's the second step. The third step is hope. Realizing there is hope found in Christ. That's why this is a Christ-centered recovery. Not a higher power, but Christ himself. There is hope in the fact that Christ will set you free. And then lesson number four, sanity. God can return you to a life of sanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. Maybe you've lived with that hurt, that habit, that addiction long enough. 
And he says, I'm tired of being on this treadmill, doing the same thing over and over and over again, and always getting bad results. There is a change that can take place when you acknowledge the fact that God hasn't given you that spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. Lesson number five talks about turning. This is what repentance is, going in a different direction. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. Lesson number six talks about the fact that we can have action, and that action is going in the right direction. What well, my time is up. Why don't you come and join us for Celebrate Recovery this Sunday night at 6 o'clock. We have an open session, and then we have small group session. If you're a little bit nervous about the small group session, just come to the first session for the first night. Get to meet a few people, and you're going to discover that these people are just like me. They have the same weaknesses. They have the same hang-ups as I do. You see, none of us are perfect. We all struggle. Celebrate Recovery will help you to be all that the Lord wants you to be. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please send it to me at 252-267-2365. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.